I'm, ex I'm excited to start a series today that we have entitled Roadmap to Maturity. Roadmap to Maturity, and we are, um, today is week one, and it is called Training Day. Training Day. So I'm going to invite you, we're going to unpack some, some great, some great, uh, just some great re resources, that, uh, some great insight that we're going to share with you over the next few, four weeks to be exact, uh, headed into Palm Sunday where we're going to just grow together in Christ. Amen? Are you up for the challenge? You up for the challenge? Amen. First thing is this. I want to start off by making a declaration or making a statement. I need spiritual disciplines to grow in my faith. I need spiritual disciplines to grow in my faith. One of the goals of our church here at Impact City Church and the church, the capital C church, is that we would grow in number. And it's not just... It is not, should I say, for us to feel better uh, of ourselves, by no means. God is the only one that deserves the glory. But Jesus commanded us to grow. And the last thing that Jesus said to one of his, to his closest followers is something that I shared with our dream team on Wednesday night. Before he ascends back to heaven, he says this in Matthew 28, 18 and 19, he said, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what we know as the Great Commission. Jesus is very intentional and very clear that he wants us to reach out to those who are not among us yet. But I want to tell you, it's not just about moving the unchurched to church. Because the truth is that there's a whole lot of easier ways to get, to get people to come in through the, those doors. We, we could offer free food every Sunday. And a whole lot of people would come. That's right. See? We, we could also do a mass kidnapping. But then we would celebrate next week's service in jail. Uh, the truth is that we all know that a lot more has to happen. If the connection between an individual and God is really going to last, amen? God has to get a hold of our hearts. God has to get a hold of our hearts. Something got a hold of me. Something got a hold of me. I love the song, my heart wasn't right, but Jesus got a hold of me. Because the truth is that he needs to get a hold of us. Because maybe we could get record numbers in church if people come with all these different strategies of offering free food. But the truth is that the next week, if we didn't do something equally as spectacular, as great as that first week would be, can you imagine what that second week or that next week would look like? Because the hard truth is that people fall away. And we all know someone in our lives that was once on fire for God. Maybe they, they started the race with you and now they're not. Actually, many of us could relate this to part of our own story where we were on fire for God and we started and, and we were convicted and we were passionate, but then something happened along the way. And now we all know that there are big fallaways, like when someone makes a very intentional decision and and they just take a sharp turn, not, and they decide not to follow God anymore. 
And I, I want to tell you, if that is you today, you got to know that when you come back, Jesus is not looking at you with his arms crossed, shaking his head at you. No, he's, he's smiling, rejoicing, and he's saying, welcome home. He will take you into his arms. But I also want to address the fact that there are subtle ways that we fall away. It's a slow fade. People wouldn't know it just by looking at you because you look the same. But deep down on the inside, the passion that you once had for God and for serving him and for serving the church is not there any longer. Spiritual growth isn't as much like taking a step after step towards God, if you've been there. It's often two steps forward, one step back, two step forward, three steps back, you, you get the idea. Whether you're new to church, whether you're new to serving God, or this is the first time that you've been here in a very long time, or even if your relationship with God, you've come Sunday after Sunday, is not what it once was. I want to challenge you for the next few moments. I want to speak to you for the next few moments because we want to cover this topic that is so important and pertinent to the church that we would grow and that we would be spiritually mature people in God. That we would ask ourselves the question, am I moving forward spiritually or am I stagnant? Am I just staying still? Or could it even be that, am I moving backwards? Maybe you have had feelings, maybe you've gone through some things and you feel that God is disappointed in you, because that's a, that's a true reality. And you feel like God is asking you, you did that again? You're still struggling with that? I thought we were past this point in life. And here's, here's an incredible thing that I see throughout the life of Jesus in his ministry here on earth, that Jesus always called people to a higher standard but he never condemned them when they fell short. Jesus always called people to a higher standard. He challenged them and let them know that there is something greater, but he never condemned them when they fell short. No, he, he would tell them, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. You're forgiven. Your sins are forgiven, but there's a higher standard for us to get to this point. He was the ultimate encourager. He was always cheering people on. He was always saying, get back up again. Let's try again. I believe in you. That's why people were constantly flocking to him. Because those who felt, most, who felt less worthy by society's standpoint and those who felt rejected by the, by the world and by their peers uh, were the ones that, that could come to Jesus and he would take you the way they were. Most loved and most accepted by Jesus. And can I tell you, it's really encouraging to know that the characters that we see throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, were some of the people that felt the same things that we do today. We're going to look at a passage in the book of Hebrews in the next little while where it sounds like the whole church in general had just faded away and just kind of moving, drifting away from God. God looks as us, looks down at us, should I say, as individuals, but he also sees us as a church together. And the spiritual temper temperature of the church is important to God. Revelations lets us know the spiritual temperature of the church is important to God. Because our spiritual maturity is bigger than us. Because the truth is that our spiritual maturity impacts others. It impacts others. What if we as a church doubled? Think of this for just a few moments. And all the new people that came had the same passion for moving forward and growing and, and maturing spiritually as we do. Would that be a good thing or would that be a bad thing? 
Only you can answer for yourself. With that in mind, let's look at today's scripture in the book of Hebrews, chapter 5. The writer says this, We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves, who have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Then Hebrews 6.1 says, Therefore, referring to Hebrews 5, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God. So what's the problem that's taking place here with the church? What we understand is the people are no longer trying to even understand. Remember, these are Christians. These are, these are Christians. He's not saying that they have given up on God by no means. They're still coming to church. But he's saying that they were giving up. They had given up on progressing forward and, and embracing all that God had for them and growing spiritually. Because it's possible to be at church every weekend and no longer be trying to grow closer to Jesus. It's possible to be here and no longer be trying to grow closer to Jesus. The people still needed the elementary truths. Even though they had many mature believers among them, they still needed milk. They, they, they were still not ready for solid food. And, and what the apostle, or what the writer, should I say, is, is saying, you, you, should be, you should be eating a steak, you should be eating a ribeye already, but you're still drinking milk. If you're not intentional, can I tell you, in growing spiritually, that over time you will drift from God. If you are not intentional about growing spiritually, you will drift from God. It will start with a little, just a slow, subtle change. I don't read my Bible as much as I used to. I don't pray as much as, or just maybe just one will not hurt. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a place that's far away from God. That's why it's important for us as people of God. I feel responsible to, to share this with you, that we are responsible to grow in Him. It's not that you purposefully walked away from God. No, it's just that you got complacent. It's just that you got complacent to the point where, like the author of the book of Hebrews says, you're not even acquainted with righteousness. How did I get here? And you ask yourself the question, how did I get here? How did I drift so far from God? And the writer gives us some answers that are huge for us personally, and I believe that they're huge for us as a church. And the first one is this, that understand that God wants you to grow in spiritual maturity. Understand that God wants you to grow in spiritual maturity. And you ask the question, how mature does he want me to grow? It's the very same answer that you, that as what you want for yourselves and your kids, more. Can I tell you that no one, starting with the person who's speaking to you this morning, has reached a point where we have arrived, but that there is room for growth in all of us. We all want the end result. We all want to be mature, and we all want to be maturing, but it's getting there that's the problem. 
It's getting there that's the problem. It's not about the, the destination. It's about the journey sometimes. The, and we ask this, the question, I, I want a deep faith. I want a deep faith. I want to get to a point where I don't get upset at, at a drop of a hat. That I don't let the small stuff wear me out. Amen. We want people who are kind and forgiving and secure in who we are in God. That regardless of what the world labels us or calls us, that we know who we are in Him. That I don't let a problem discourage me, but that I see the problem and I say, you know what? This is an opportunity for God to show up. We don't want to be devastated every time someone critiques us. But we want to be full of joy. And we want God at the end of our lives because he alone is the one that can say these words, well done, good and faithful servant. God wants this for you. He wants this for each of us. And he wants to help us get there. The second thing is this. We have to reach a point where we stop trying and we start training. Hebrews 5, 14 says this, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. The passage says this, trained themselves. They were responsible for training themselves, not God, not the pastor, not their parents, not their small group leader, but themselves had to take some ownership in the fact that he called me, he saved me, and I had to take some responsibility in this. Now, let me clarify something, that when it comes to receiving Christ, it's completely God's work. We are saved by grace and not by works. It's not by what, because of what I do. We can't do anything to be saved. It, we're saved solely because we believe and we receive him. But when it comes to growing up in our faith, we have a significant role to play. When it comes to growing up in our faith, we have an incredibly important role to play. Listen to what the Bible says about spiritual maturity and training. 1 Corinthians 9 and 25, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. He's talking about the athletes. He, he's referring to that. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Can we live with the end in mind that there is a crown that will last forever? This is incredible to see. 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value. I say that every time I'm eating a donut. But godliness has value for all things. Holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. For physical training does have some value. It is important. But godliness has value for all things. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and Training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You with me this morning? Training methods that we use to grow in our faith are called spiritual disciplines. They're valuable because they enable us to do what we could not do with willpower alone. For example, disciplines like 
reading the Bible, and prayer enable God to train us to show the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. A disciplined person is not someone who exercises a lot of discipline, no. A disciplined person is someone who can do the right thing at the right time in the right way with the right spirit. For example, spiritually speaking, the goal is not to calculate how many verses we read or to, to pray for a certain amount of time simply to log in some time, but to use the Bible and to use prayer as opportunities for God to speak to us and for us to grow in Him. So what I want to do is just share with you a few methods how we can get there. Here are a couple of methods for training in any discipline. The first thing is this. Decide that you're going to train. Decide that you're going to train. Desiree and I had a conversation with one of our friends years ago. I won't mention her name in case she watches this someday. Um, but we were talking about a workout program that's logo or its slogan is decide, commit, succeed. And she said, I have no problem deciding. And I commit, but then I see my mom's tacos and I'm done committing. Decide that you're going to train. You can't drift into spiritual training. You have to be intentional. We have to be intentional. You must decide to train. I've never heard someone say, I just accidentally got abs of steel. But if you did, can you catch me afterwards? You must decide to train if I'm going to grow spiritually. It does not happen on accident. But it happens from taking a calendar and saying, this time right here is built to prayer. This time right here is built for me reading God's Word. I'm going to intentionally design my day. Because I've told you this before, we make time for what's important. We make time for what's important. It is from intentionality that we get there. The second thing is this, get a workout plan. Set some tangible goals. Set some goals that are attainable that allow you to have the small wins that you're able to then build off of that and continue on to where you have to go to next. For some of us, that may look like praying five minutes a day. But for some of us, that may look like praying an hour a day. Wherever you're at, that we would look at growth. That's why it's not talking about a specific, we're not going to set arbitrary timelines and goals. No, it's different for each of us, but that each of us would seek to say, you know what, I want to grow deeper. I want, to grow, I, want to, I want to get deeper into what God has for me. And I have to take some ownership in this. I have to have a plan. Set some goals that when we look at the physical training industry, that's a billion-dollar business. The number one thing that they tell you is to get a schedule. Then they'll give you some basic fitness steps, like getting enough sleep, eating right, doing some workouts. Then they normally ask, do you have any specific goals that you want to work on as well? The same is true spiritually. Where are you? Where am I? That we could just say, you know what, this is, I'm going to take a hard look in the mirror. This is where I'm at. 
but this is where I need to get. There are some basic spiritual habits for all Christians that no matter where you are in your journey, that you can deal with specifically in your life. And while exercise and while a healthy diet are your one-two punch for a physical health, your one-two punch spiritually is the Bible and prayer. The Bible is the primary way that God speaks to you. And the primary way that you speak to God is through prayer. So think about this. If, if a husband and wife or a good friend, good friends just stopped communicating all of a sudden, what would it do to the relationship? It would absolutely kill it. If you only took five minutes out of the week to, to communicate with that person, you would, you would see that relationship that marriage, whatever it may be, dwindle because communication is vital to any relationship. Communication, same is true with God. God also wants you to be growing in spiritual maturity, but in ways that are specific to you. While the Bible and prayer are for everyone, there are tons of other spiritual disciplines that, can, that we can align in our lives that will help us grow that will, that will allow us to try, that will, that will be able to make us a better person, whatever that looks like. Dallas Willard, who is a brilliant professor at University of Southern California, one, one time one of his students challenged him in class after, what, after something that he had said in, in one of his lectures, and, and the student gets up and, and starts just contradicting and starts coming against him, and, and this professor, at the end of it, says, good comment. On that note, let's end for today. His TA, the teacher assistant, came up to him afterwards and said, what were you thinking? You could have run circles around him. And he said, I'm practicing the spiritual discipline of not always having the last word. What would that do for some of us? I always have to have the last word. You, you tell yourself, I always have to, I, I just have to say it. But, but what if we didn't? The next thing is, is get some workout buddies. Get some workout partners. The word we often use spiritually is accountability. Christianity, can I tell you, was never meant for us to be, for us to experience on our own. Around here, the best way to find some spiritual accountability is to get into a small group. People who are pursuing God alongside others, people that can ask us, that can check on us, that can pray for us by name, there's a group available for you. Because when we get connected, when we get people that can run the race with us, it makes us accountable. It's a lot easier for you to say, I'm going to go running by myself at 6 in the morning than for you to have a partner there because it really forces you to get up. The accountability is key. The next thing is this. You've got to take a first step. I'm going to draw to a close. You've got to take a first step. The good news is that faith is contagious. That faith is contagious, and when you take a step of faith, 
it always grows more faith in you. It's why Jesus said, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. But if you do any research on the mustard seed and the mustard tree, the, the tree that comes out of it, you'll understand that that mustard seed will not stay small for a very long time. So I want to challenge you to take a step of faith before you leave this room today. Whatever that looks like for you, that may be, I'm going to receive Christ as my personal Savior today. It may mean that you make plans to get baptized. Today, our next baptism, it may mean that you start reading the Bible on your own each day. Or it may mean that you set aside 5, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes to pray daily. It may mean that you begin tithing and that you trust God in your finances, that he can do more for us with 90% than we can do for ourselves with 100%. It may mean invite a friend to church. It may mean just saying, hey, I just want you to come with me today. And it may mean that you join a small group. Whatever, wherever you are in life, that we would take that next step and that we would just begin to grow together in God. The last thing is this. This one is really unseen, and, it, and it's hard to be able to measure and to gauge from the outside. But it's a question that you have to ask yourself. It is a question that I have to ask myself. It is something that I have to challenge myself with. That we would move from, I got to do this, to, I get to do this. That we would move from got to to get to. I get to draw closer to him. I get to draw closer to him. I get to grow in him. I get to understand more that I would understand the height, the breadth, the depth that I would understand his love is so immense for me that I would get, that I would just immerse myself in saying, I just want you. I want you, Jesus, and I want to grow in you. That we would get to that point, because can I tell you, that's the definition of a blessed life. It is tied to a spiritual state to know that I may be going through something, but weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It's about knowing that when I go through hard times, he is right there with me, that seven times the righteous falls, but seven times he gets back up again. It's about knowing that when I go through the fire, you will be with me. It's about knowing that when I go through the water, it doesn't say if I go through it, it says when I go through it. It's about reaching that level of maturity to say that I know in whom I have believed. And I know that he is able. I know he is able. So unknown diagnosis, it's okay. My God is able. Financial hardships, it's okay. My God owns a cattle of a thousand hills. He will provide. 
your needs according to his riches and glory. It's about knowing, it's about getting to a point that, that if no one is there patting my back and if no one says good job uh, for me to encourage myself in the Lord and say, you know what, John? God, 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 God got you to this point. My God, and he will. And I have to know that the God who started the good work in me, he is faithful enough to complete it. That he won't leave me halfway, abandoned and stranded. No, he is faithful to complete. And that's what I want for you. And that's the whole heart of why I'm sharing this. Because I don't get to, I don't get to have FaceTime with each of you each day. But if I could just pour into you and get you some spiritual disciplines that you can put in your toolbox. That when the enemy comes in like a flood, that you would say, the, the, the Spirit of the Lord will raise a banner against him. That, that I would say that what the enemy meant for evil, that God meant it for good. That I would deepen myself in his word and know that no weapon that is formed against me will prosper. To know that he is faithful from generation to generation to generation. To know that when you would leave here, and when somebody wants to talk about you, that you would say, you know what, I know my worth because of my God. That you would say that people don't, people don't determine my value. He determines my value. I am the apple of his high. That you would leave here this, the, today and that when challenges come and that when situations come, that you would just lift up your head and say, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. I will not lose my mind in this. I will not go crazy. I will not. For you to, for you to speak that word into your life and for you to say, you know what? God is with me. I get to. I get to deepen myself in it. Because God's ultimate goal is that you wouldn't just obey him not just about that, but it's that you would love him. And obedience would just be a natural occurrence, that it would just overflow from that. That I don't do this because I have to, because I love him. It's my delight. And God is the only one that can do this transformational work within us. That we get to a point that we get to see his goodness time after time, that we are so blown away by what he has done in our lives that my only response is to say, thank you. Dying for, for me was the most you can do that I could say living for you is the most, is the least I can do, should I say. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary 
and lose heart. So that you will not grow weary. Can I tell you that weariness hits us all? Weariness wants to hit us all that you're just tired. But that we would not grow weary and that we would not lose heart. I will finish with this. Our ultimate inspiration has to be Jesus. Has to be Jesus. Has to be Jesus. It has to start with him. And it just has to be about growing each day. It's not about moving towards a mark, but it's about moving towards a person. And that person is Jesus. For us to say, I want to get closer to Jesus. Because he left the throne in heaven in exchange for a cross on Calvary to make it possible for us to get closer to him. And when we really start doing this, that's when our spiritual disciplines move from I got to to I get to. And can I tell you that when you get there, that changes everything. That changes everything. Allow God to move your pursuit of him from something you've got to do to something you get to do. Father, we thank you today for your word that encourages us, that challenges us, that inspires us. The truth is that we're here for you. We want more of you. We need more of you. Let us each each of us in this place draw closer to you. That we would take intentional steps. That we would make intentional choices. Purposeful decisions and say, God, I want to get closer to you. God, I, right now I come against any obstacle and any barrier that would want to stand in the way of us moving towards you. And moving towards you and moving towards you and moving towards you. Right now, God, I come against discouragement. I come against despair. I come against guilt and I come against shame. I come against low self-esteem. I come against insecurities right now in the name of Jesus. God, I declare your word that as we draw closer to you, you will draw closer to us. Let us, let us be purposeful. Let us be mindful. Let us want it for ourselves. And I thank you for the great things, the amazing things, the incredible things that you will do in our lives as we do. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I talked to you about next steps. Maybe today your, your first step is to say yes to Jesus. Yeah, you've come to church, but you haven't opened your heart. And he says, I stand at the door and I knock, and I will come in if you want me to. Today he makes 
this incredible invitation to you. He says, I love you with a relentless love. With a crazy love that pursues you. And he, he is in here. He is a God that will leave the 99 and he'll go after the one. You're that important to him. You're that significant to him. That he's coming after you today. He's pursuing you. He's chasing you. And he says, give me your heart. And if that is you today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to invite you just as a sign, would you just raise your hand right where you're at? You don't have to come to the front. You don't have to stand up. You just right there, just raise your hand and say, that's me. Today's the day I see you. I see you. Today's the day that he wants to make a difference in your life. So here at Impact City Church, we believe that you shouldn't have to go through life alone. And we experience life with you, so we want to pray with you. So I want to invite everybody at the sound of my voice to pray with me right now. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for loving me when I was unlovable. I admit I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I give you my heart. Be the Lord of my life and let me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God praise for everyone that received him? Heaven rejoices. God's people rejoice. I'm going to invite you to stand.